0: Now, here's
1: Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. How are you doing? I ask you that every day, as if you could answer me through the airwaves. I wish you could, but I'm so glad we could be together in your car, your home, your office, uh, school, wherever you are. It's wonderful. This technology is so terrific, and I'm so thrilled about it. Um, I don't know that I'll ever get used to it. I'm just so thrilled. I don't know about it. I don't know how to do anything, but, but Station of the Cross and Life Site News do. And together we can, we can do many things together as the body of Christ. We can conquer the world. Yes, we can. And how do we conquer the world? How do we uh, make a dent in the evil of our day? Uh, both within and without the church. What do we do? And my answer is, I sound like a broken record. It's always the same. Live as if it's true. That's all you need to do. Live as if it's true. And the world will be converted. Peter Kreef, that convert from years ago, uh, magnificent apologist for our church, said, how come 12 um, Christians converted the world and half a billion uh, cannot repeat the feat? You see, because those 12 had a vocation to spread the gospel to every corner of the world. And they did. And we have the same vocation to spread the gospel to every creature. And the scriptures, the people say, well, when is Jesus coming back? The scriptures tell us that the gospel will be preached to every creature and then the end will come. We've got a lot of people to get the gospel out to. And how do we get the gospel out? We can't always travel. We're not all missionaries to the world we may be missionaries just within our families our church our neighborhood again live as if it's true if you live as if it's true you will be countercultural you will be countercultural i was speaking with a beautiful young man this morning who is about to get married i he's a, he's just as wonderful and faithful a soul as as you could find he's very dear um and Uh, he and his wife are talking about what they'll do when they marry and have children and who's going to work and who's going to stay home. And, you know, sometimes in families, a wife can earn more than the husband. So the husband stays home. And, And I said, that's, that's, that's out of God's design. A husband, can a husband raise children? Of course. Will they be what God intended them to be? They will not. Because God knows a man is to be Christ to his family, a mother is to be Mary. She is the heart of the home. He is the head of the home. We can do our own thing, but we will not raise children in God's design. And those children are not ours to do with whatever we please. They're God's children. We are simply stewards of his gifts. He gives parents' children to raise for heaven. And if we turn them over to the world if we turn them over to the church, to the schools, to anything else, we are abandoning his the the children he gave us because he gave us them to raise in a home, in a solid Catholic home where the mother is home. And homeful, hopefully homeschooling can be done. And if a, a mother cannot homeschool, a mother and father cannot homeschool, And you send them out to school, whether it's public school or Catholic school or any kind of private school, you and not the school, again, will be accountable to God for what they learn and for their growth in the faith. Because it won't be the church or the schools that are accountable. It will be the parents. If you turn them over to a school, you will be accountable for it. And if you send them to public school, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you know what those public schools are teaching, as long as they're not part of a sex ed class, as as long as they're not part of gender ideology and all of that, because if you expose them to that, you are destroying your children. You are destroying them. But when they come home from school, you need to sit down with them, mom and dad, and you need to find out, sit down with milk and cookies and find out, how their day was and what they learned so that you could feed it through the grid of the Catholic faith. Beloved, uh, we're in evil times now and we don't seem, it doesn't seem like they're yet so bad. You know, if you don't really follow the news, even the news on the church, you just live your life, you kind of it's all right, it's all right. If anyone thinks it's all right, then you are a frog in more than hot water. Uh, you know the little frog that i've mentioned before he's very happy you put him in room body temperature water put him in a pot on your stove with a little warm lukewarm water he's happy as a lark i don't know how a frog can be happy as a lark he's happy as a happy frog and you just turn the fire on under the pot just simmer tiny tiny bit and gradually so slowly the water heats up and the body of a frog adjusts to temperature he keeps adjusting to the rise in heat. It's so subtle until he boils to death without knowing it. That's what we are in the world. If you think things are okay, you are a frog in already not warm water, but hot water. You, you don't. If, if you live your faith and you're in the world and not of it, the contrast is startling. We are living in an evil, evil age. And how you turn your children to that evil age is um, you will be quite accountable for that, so um and this young gentleman said, "Well, my wife will work, and I'll stay home for these different reasons. Do they have good reasons? Of course, they have good reasons. are they legitimate reasons? They never will be legitimate because we'll work out what we can and then live god's way then you're you're doomed from the start. first, you live God's way, and let him." guide you. Let him work it out. Let him provide. He will. He will. But what about this? What if we just do this first? You can do that. You're free. You're not living God's design. You cannot call on his grace. It takes sacrifice. It takes commitment. We are followers of Christ. We are followers of the one who gave his all for us, and we should give nothing less for him. So, In this time of confusion in the world and in the Church, I've been going through that uh, magnificent writing of Cardinal Burke and Bishop Athanasius Snyder and two other archbishops um, on the Declaration of Truths relating to some of the most common errors in the life of the Church of our time. These good shepherds care enough to sit down and come together and take the time in the midst of our confusion to guide the sheep to clarify the confusion. So we know what is true. And in writing this paper, they took 40 points, four zero points. And there's no teaching in here. There's no explanation. It's simply quotes from church documents, from popes, from encyclicals, from the catechism, from scripture. Simply quotes on what the Catholic Church teaches. So yesterday, um, we started by saying... um, Uh, Number 23, I'll just read that one to get into the subject of um, same-sex so-called unions. It's not same-sex marriage. There's no such thing. Someone asked me once what I think of same-sex marriage. I said, I can't comment on what does not exist. There is no such thing as same-sex marriage, no matter what anybody calls it. Marriage is between a man and a woman, nothing else. You can have two people get together and live in sin, you can even give them a certificate. It means nothing. Two persons, number 23, two persons of the same sex sin gravely when they seek venereal pleasure from each other. Homosexual acts under no circumstances can be approved. Hence, the opinion is contrary to natural law and divine revelation that says That as God the Creator has given to some human beings a natural disposition to feel sexual desire for persons of the opposite sex, so also he has given to others a natural disposition to feel sexual desire for persons of the same sex. And that God intends that the latter disposition be acted on in some circumstances. And these prelates are saying this is 100% false. God does not desire that. He does not make people that way. And you say, but, but I have such desires, and I know people that have those desires. I believe you. They're disordered. They were the fruit of the fall, fruit of a um, wounded upbringing or whatever it is. Uh, I was a jail chaplain, a women's jail chaplain, for 10 years in my Protestant years. There are a lot of women in there who um, were attracted to women or who learned to be once they were there. It was tragic. And a woman came to me and she said, but what am I going to do about it? And I said to her, what your desires are legitimate. Your desire for love and to be loved, it's extremely legitimate. The thing is, we, we fall and fail when we live out legitimate desires in illegitimate ways. That's it. It will never be legitimate for two people of the same sex to come together. And you say, well, something's wrong with me because I have that desire. Well, you have that desire. People have desires for other things. It it may be inordinate. Then you can get help. And you can learn what to do um, to get into a healthier environment and to begin to... um, maybe discover some underlying fears or experiences or reasons or whatever it may be. But it's not what God did. Number 24. Human law or any human power whatsoever cannot give to two persons of the same sex the right to marry one another or declare two such persons to be married since this is contrary to natural and divine law. In the Creator's plan, sexual complementarity and fruitfulness belong to the very nature of marriage. There's no sexual complementarity and certainly no fruitfulness between two people of the same sex. Number twenty-five unions that have the same unions that have the name of marriage without the reality of it being contrary to natural and divine law are not capable of receiving the blessing of the church because it's 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 a sinful situation it's disordered 26 The civil power may not establish civil or legal unions between two persons. I think we did read this yesterday. The civil power may not establish civil or legal unions between two persons of the same sex that plainly imitate the union of marriage, even if such unions do not receive the name of marriage, since such unions would encourage grave sin for the individuals who are in them. And would be a cause of grave scandal for others. Now, some someone could say that. What do you do? Civil power? They're not Catholic necessarily. They're not under the church. What do you mean? They may not establish civil. They can do what they want. Well, they can do what they want. But it's sin. Well, it's not sin for them. They're not cat. They don't believe it. Truth is truth, and it's sin. Uh, The church. It's not sin because the church says so the church says so because it's sin and god's laws his natural law his moral law are laws for laws for every human being that breathes no matter what their job no matter what their position no matter what their form of belief or worship though these are god's laws and they may not violate god's laws they violate them of their free will just like people sin but it is not of god number 27 The male and female sexes, man and woman, are biological realities created by the wise will of God. It is, therefore, a rebellion against natural and divine law and a grave sin that a man may attempt to become a woman by mutilating himself or even by simply declaring himself to be such or that a woman may in like manner attempt to become a man, or to hold that the civil authority has the duty or the right to act as if such things were or may be possible and legitimate. They are not. If God has created an individual as a man, he will be a man no matter what he does to mutilate his body. If a woman is created as a woman, she will be a woman forever, no matter what she does to distort herself. Number 28, in accordance with Holy Scripture and the constant tradition of the ordinary and universal magisterium, the church did not err, E-R-R, in teaching that the civil power may lawfully exercise capital punishment on malefactors where this is truly necessary to preserve the existence or just order of societies. Okay, now there's lots of references for that one, but where the issue of capital punishment is now being questioned or denied, it, it it's not. It's God's truth. It's God's law. I will repeat this. In accordance with Holy Scripture and the constant tradition of the ordinary and universal magisterium, that's the teaching arm of the Church, the Church did not err, It didn't make a mistake in teaching that the civil power may lawfully exercise capital punishment on malefactors where this is truly necessary to preserve the existence or just order of societies. You see, capital punishment is part of God's law. Now, uh, does it need to be used in proper order, i.e., Where it's necessary to preserve the existence or just order of societies, yes. Yes. Um, Does every murderer, should every murderer receive capital punishment? No. It's not the idea of an eye for an eye. But it is where the existence or just order of societies cannot be preserved. Number 29. All authority on earth, as well as in heaven, belongs to Jesus Christ Therefore, civil societies and all other associations of men are subject to his kingship, so that the duty of offering God genuine worship concerns man both individually and socially. Of course, this is most true for Catholics who have more on this earth than anyone can possibly have through the Church, the Messiah established, through all the means of grace, through the sacraments through the Sacrament of Reconciliation, bringing lost sheep home over and over again. But all civil societies, all associations of men are subject to his kingship. In my Protestant years, uh, people would say, I made Jesus Lord or make Jesus Lord of your life. You don't make him anything. He is Lord. The question is, do we submit? We don't make him king of our life. He is king. Do we submit? Do we bow? Do we obey? Do we honor him? Do we give him the worship he is due? We don't make God anything. He's not less God if we ignore him, but turn our back on him. He's not more God if we don't. But he is God. And the only way to heaven is through the church he established on earth. And one cannot say they're Catholic if they say I'm Catholic, but there's no buts. But we practice contraception. I don't agree with the church on that. Then you're not Catholic. Catholic is not to believe 99.99%. It's to believe that the church God established was established in the truth, that he promised to lead it into all truth till the end of time, and that the gates of hell won't prevail, no matter how bad things look. That's to be Catholic. We're not asked to agree with anything. We're asked to obey, and as we mature, to understand and to learn why we believe what we believe. Can you imagine a three-year-old saying, okay, or a seven-year-old, or a 10-year-old, or a 14-year-old? Well, you know, I agree with everything Mom says except that. Tough. You're not... Your assignment isn't to agree. Your assignment is to obey. Now, if you don't agree then you can talk to mom about it. If you disobey, you're in trouble with God. You have no right to disobey. Free will is not the freedom to do what is wrong. Free will is the freedom to do what is right, to obey. And if you don't understand, you have the humility to say, Mom, Dad, can I talk to you about this? I really don't understand why that is so. If you And you don't say to them, if you could explain it to me, then I can obey. No. You don't have to know why. First you obey, because they're your parents. Well, what if they're wrong? So what? You're not there to judge them as their children. If they are wrong, and you obey them, you are right. If they are right, uh, now what am I saying? If they're wrong, and you disobey... Well, if you they're wrong and you were right if they're wrong and you were right so you disobey your parents doesn't matter that you were right you're wrong God wants obedience you see with parents with those in authority over us and certainly with the church okay now we approach another subject here Uh, We have just a few minutes before the break, beloved, and uh, we're going on to the sacraments. This is really a huge, huge, huge matter in the church. Some of the things I'm going to read might even be shocking to some of you because you don't even realize it's going on in the church right now, and I'm glad you don't actually, but we need to make this clear. Um, as, As soon as we come back from our first break, which is, oh, just a few minutes from now, We'll take your calls and texts and emails. We'll do the best we can. Um, and the toll-free number to text or call is one oh, 877 There's the hiccup, 5483. Or email at mother at com. Oh, I keep thinking of my brother, a brother Catholic who emailed me after my first round of hiccups and told me to take some sugar and it always works, and I forget to, to bring it in here. I'm so sorry. Well you'll have to, excuse me, put up with the hiccups until the first break, and then I'll run and get some sugar. I know I can hold my breath, but I don't think that's going to work right now. So we go on now to the sacraments. And again, we are reading uh, the Declaration of the Truths Relating to Some of the Most Common Errors in the Life of the Church of Our Time we need to get on our knees and thank God for these prelates (laughs) excuse me every single bishop should be able to write this paper with these 40 clarifications every single bishop these bishops are from far east Russia and then Cardinal Burke is Rome and all over the world we need bishops in this United States to speak clearly to write the faith once delivered to the saints and to not be afraid. Your vocation is not to be safe, not to be popular with your people. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Not to keep your position so that you can continue being a bishop. Your vocation is to lay down your life for, you, for the sheep. That's your vocation. And to teach them the truth. You are a success of the, of the Apostle. The apostles, and many of you are, are not teaching the truth. And those who begin to teach the truth, including priests, or who have never faltered in teaching the truth, left and right, you're being taken out by evil bishops. I will simply say it that way. There was a priest that that happened to yesterday. An evil situation. An evil situation where the priest was accused by one person who said they, it was all repressed in their memory for 40 years. And on that one testimony, which was very ridiculous and shaky, he was taken out, no longer to be, he shouldn't speak to his congregation, shouldn't be there. This is an extremely holy, wonderful priest. And the fact is, uh, we know that there's an evil agenda because the Holy Father gave protocol for accused priests, they not even their names to be made public until there was some credibility proven. That's not in this case. Not in this case. Um, here's priests falsely accused. Uh, it, people are going to their You know, one went to their bishop because their priest in the Novus Ordo began to use incense and bells to make things more reverent. People didn't like it. They complained to the bishop, and he was put out. I think we're living in a time, beloved, where just about every good and faithful bishop and priest are being picked out one by one. Every debased, evil... um, a uh, false shepherd is being put in positions of leadership and authority it's the age we're in i tell you it's all the more reason for us to live the faith with every breath we have don't hide priests bishops don't hide be our shepherds be our examples lead us to the guillotine don't run don't run show us how to live in the midst of these evil times Show us how to be faithful, because our trust is in God and not in men. And we don't cling to this life, we cling to the life after. I beg you, dear bishops, I beg you. Priests, cardinals, I beg you. Holy Father, we, the sheep, beg you. There's the music for our break, beloved. We'll be right back.
2: Did you know that without even saying a word, you can share with others that Catholic Radio is available? By placing our free bumper magnet on your car, you can let everyone on the road know that they can tune in to learn more about Christ and His Church. We offer free bumper magnets to promote Catholic Radio so others will come to know our Lord through listening. For your free bumper magnets, click the Promote tab at the top of our website, thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Then click the Promote tab at the top of our website. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio wherever your journeys take you.
0: peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern for Sermons for Everyday Living. A program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details.
1: Welcome, beloved, back to Mother Miriam Live. So, so good to be with you, and we're going to be taking now your calls, your texts, your emails, and we're going to go to uh, our first email from Steve, who says, Dear Mother Miriam, with all the division within the church, it's almost impossible to know the right thing to do. Groups far more educated than I am say the Mass celebrated at most parishes with the priest facing the people and in English is not valid. That receiving communion in the hand is sacrilege, etc. Now, let me just stop to say there. Um, I would not say it's an invalid mass. Um, uh, I, I I I grieve at most novus ordo masses myself, but I do not know that it's invalid. If I thought it was invalid, I, I wouldn't go. Um, I don't know anyone that really can know that. I, I believe it's valid. Um, and so uh, it may not be have the reverence, the wording has changed, the, All so many things are changed and omitted, but I would not go so far as to say that it's invalid. There are those on the more traditional end who believe that, and I, I don't fight them, I don't know enough to fight them, but I will not conclude that it's invalid. As far as receiving com- communion in the hand is a sacrilege, I also believe that. But it's And, and people think it's the norm. They think receiving on the tongue is uh, permitted. What just about everyone does not know is that the norm for the church is receiving on the tongue, not the hand. The hand is the exception, and yet everybody, most people receive on the hand. That grieves me no end. But you see, the only way for that to turn around is for a priest to teach his people. And Novus Ordo Masses can be a lot more reverent by the priest uh, following Cardinal Sarah's advice of of celebrating at Orientum, facing liturgical East. Uh, No one should receive except kneeling, unless they're physically unable to kneel and on the tongue. That's the way it should be. But it's not a sin to do otherwise. The church has opened it up that way. And Steve says, I live in Maine where Catholics are in the majority, but we keep electing pro-abortion, pro-LBGTQ legislators, and the vast majority of our priests seem fine with that. Well, let me just say this to you, Steve. You say Catholics are in the majority. They are not they may call themselves, nominal Catholics are in the majority. Maybe they show up on Sunday. They're not Catholic. No one can call himself Catholic who elects a pro-abortion legislator. Pro-abortion, pro-LGBTQ legislator. They're not Catholic. No Catholic may do that. No Catholic may do that. So they can call themselves Catholic, but they're not Catholics. And if your priests are fine with that, they're not Catholic either. So, We use the name Catholic as if we're Americans because we live in America. We're not Catholic because we go to the Catholic Church. Um, uh, No. You're, You're Catholic if you believe what the Catholic Church teaches. If you live in violation of it, you're not Catholic. You're not. No matter what you say, you're in sin and you need to be restored. And then Steve says, where do we go for authentic answers when even the Pope is being accused by bishops like Archbishop Vigano of hiding the truth? Well, um, you go to church teaching. and that's We have a fantastic document that I'm reading through, Steve. You can get it online and start a group in your parish and teach through this or just even just read through it. Print out copies for everyone, declaration of the truth relating to some of the most common errors in the life of the church of our time. Read that. It's, it's, it's perfect. It clarifies every falsity, confusion, everything of today. It doesn't give you long explanations, but it gives you the quotes from the catechism, the scriptures, the encyclicals, uh, everything. And you can look them up and read them and go way beyond these short little quotes. So that's, don't, Which we're no longer children. We need to grow up into Christ. We need to know the scriptures. We need to know our faith. We need to read the entire catechism. It's not written for scholars, by the way. It was written by scholars for us. It's a devotional book. Read the whole catechism. And I would say even read the Council of Trent, Trent if you can, and, um, and read the scriptures, and read the encyclicals. Um, I'm, I'm putting together a talk on the, the, the role of parents as the primary educators of their children. And what am I going to do? Am I going to say, who, what does this say? Well, who said that? Who's teaching? No, I'm going to the church teaching on it. Um, I downloaded the encyclical by Pope Pius XI, the tremendous holy priest and pope. And, and looking at what the church has always taught. Um, back to the Old Testament, that it's the responsibility of parents, not of the schools, not of the church. Parents are stewards of their children, nobody else. So, um, all of that. We don't go to priests, to bishops, to cardinals or anyone else, even the Pope, to find out what we should believe. We're adults. We have all the sources. And when we find good groups that are solid and teach the faith, hang around them, get their materials. Um, Steve goes on to say, Church Militant webcast seems kind of mean-spirited, but also seems to be pretty accurate. Well, from my experience, they're very accurate. And Michael Voris, uh, I will tell you, uh, is a hero. I don't think he's mean-spirited at all. He simply speaks the truth without softening it, watering it down. I don't think he's mean-spirited at all. I think it's sanity. I think he's accurate. If you wish someone else as clear as Michael, as accurate as Michael, with a different presentation that's softer, um, go listen to Michael Matt on the Remnant, Remnant TV. You will get... Those two are outstanding. You will get the truth from them. Um, uh, Michael Matt, Remnant TV, puts together a Catholic Identity Conference. I think there's one coming up in November. These are solid, wonderful, solid Catholics who believe everything, Steve, that you would believe and adhere to. So we need to do that. Pope Benedict, when he was yet Cardinal Ratzinger, wrote in an interview that during our own lifetime... He expects the church to go underground, to grow into a remnant, a persecuted remnant, and go underground. I think we're approaching that at an incredible rapid pace. And we must fend for ourselves. We must gather good books. Uh, We must know what to pack to go underground. We must be reading those things. It's our only defense is the truth and living it. Okay. There's the music for our second break, beloved. It's a very short one, and uh, you're welcome to call in. We have John from Kentucky on the line. Be with you right after the break, John. And anyone else who wishes to call in, toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
0: station of the cross catholic radio network we are grateful for all of the prayers and financial support of listeners like you have there been recent changes made to your payment information let us know so we can update your account 1-877-888-6279 extension 104 or make changes to your information through our website thestationofthecross.com Users of iCatholic Radio are raving about our app in the iTunes and Google Play stores. One user says, It's exactly what I was looking for since having a closer walk with my Lord and my God. Great app for the living Catholic. Praise God. Nancy says, this is the best app. I have become a regular listener to it. I use it every day. I also play it all night long while we sleep. Get this app and use it. It will change your life for the better. Another user recommends iCatholic Radio saying, so sweet a sound. This has allowed me to listen to Catholic Radio when I travel. What an awesome learning tool. Thank you. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, what are you waiting for? Visit your iTunes or Google Play store today. This is Father Jacek Mazur. Please join me in a prayer to St. Kateri Takakwitha. St. Kateri, Lily of the Mohawks, we come to seek your intercession in our present need. We admire the virtues that adorned your soul. Love of God and neighbor, humility, obedience, and the spirit of sacrifice. Help us to imitate your example in our life. Pray to God for us and help
2: us. Amen.
0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by Site News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at com. Welcome back, beloved. Good to
1: be with you. We have the rest of the time... To ourselves, so you're welcome to call in uh, with anything on your heart. You know, it never has to be uh, what we're speaking about. Um, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart, um, and I love to hear from you. So, John, dear one, are you still on the line?
2: Yes, I am. Good morning, Mother. How Good are you? Good
1: morning, John. Good. I'm just great. Uh, I'm so glad you called in.
2: I, I'll try to keep this. I'll try to keep this short. I'm not a person, especially anymore, that's not afraid to admit that I dropped the ball many, many ways. Um, Join the club. my children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, my gosh. So we, re- so we repent and we, we hope we do better. And, and we, we go on. on.
1: That's right.
2: That's right. That's right. And um, I'm going to tell you a, a story about my um, children in Catholic school. And this will sound like bragging, but you'll know why I say it in a second. My daughter was 4.0 all the way through school and graduated Franciscan University. She's a brilliant kid. And and uh, now here's the reason I say that. One, one night when she was like in seventh or eighth grade, I asked Elizabeth. Um, we were having a question about the faith, and I said, Elizabeth, I don't really know the answer to that why don't you go get your catechism? And she said, Dad, what's that? And now I'm thinking, well, well if any student is going to know what the catechism is, she should know. As and, an eighth grader? Uh, I said, well, yes, yes. 14 this, years this, old. This, uh-huh. is a, this is in a school that I, a parish that I attended for 50 50 years. It -hmm. it, it just blew me away. I said, you know, rules, this, that. I I don't know what that is, Dad. So.
1: Okay, um, I'm going to interrupt you right now, John. I know you said you dropped the ball, but the school's not to blame. You are. The parents are to blame if a child does not know what a catechism is. Now, you said you dropped the ball. I'm not criticizing you, but I'm saying, of course. From school, children should know that, but the greater fault is the parent, always. if a child doesn't know what a Bible is, they don't know what a catechism is, all of that, it's strictly the fault of the parent. But keep going, John.,
2: and, uh, first of all, let me wholeheartedly agree with you. It changed my life,
1: yes, good. and
2: um and 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 so, I did something that people didn't do more than 20 years ago. I told my wife, well, I, I, that's it. I have to get him out of there. Um, I'm taking over as the spiritual leader of this house. This can't go on. I have to break this circle of violence. They cannot have my children anymore. And when I did that with the homeschooling, you would be, well, you wouldn't be amazed. You're right. I really took some heat. I took heat from everyone. Some of them wanted me to be jailed.
1: Some of oh, them meaning are the right parents, down. the
2: school, who who oh, are the some pair my, um my brothers and sisters uh, oh, didn't help. want me jailed but, they, but, okay. but but they would have um, they would have understood if I was
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, gotcha. I mean, how was your wife with it? Heat. How did, how did your wife respond? My
2: wife, my wife is great.
1: Okay, She's good. Beautiful. She's okay. great.
2: But, but I, you know, so I'm glad you made the point about it being my fault. So if there's any listeners out
1: there. <laughs> the parents' fault, I'm just saying. The parents, oh, well, you got to stop blaming those schools. You said your children there, you need to be teaching them the faith.
2: Well, you know, sister, one of the biggest things that I suffer for with anymore, and I really do suffer, is the betrayal. The betrayal of the clergy and all the rest of this liberal stuff going on in the church. I, yeah. I think, I think just like you, like you do. But oh yes, it was my fault. It was my fault. My fault. My fault. Well, it is a betrayal. And, uh,
1: it is a betrayal, John. That a cat that a child would not know what a catechism is from a Catholic school. It is a betrayal. There's no question there. But we need to know that we are the primary education educators of our children and if our children don't even come out of a catholic school i've met many children that have don't even they come out of a catholic school have no clue what the eucharist is they come out of ccd in a church they have no clue what it is so we we grieve over that but it is the that's why i keep repeating it's the responsibility of the parents god bless you for what you did john god bless you
2: i i I, 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 go ahead Oh, I, I guess. Well, you know, um, I, I don't live as a victim, but I, I also don't say that a lot of Catholics with a good heart aren't being victimized. Oh, they are. They
1: we are. know that. We oh, they are. There absolutely are. I think some of what I said earlier about, you know, priests and good bishops being, uh, you know, taken out. Uh, It's the same with the faithful. It's the same with the faithful. I've been put out of two dioceses. I've been put off a radio program. If you're faithful, uh, Peter said, um, all who live godly in this present age will suffer persecution. it's It's a gift to know that you're living for God. It's a wonderful thing. The world will not like you. Then you know you're doing something right. <laughs> and you know well, what else, my dear John? Th- what? what else I want to say to you is if I could go back and redo the things I did wrong wrong decisions, sins, mistakes, ignorance, all of that who wouldn't? Who wouldn't go back and redo life now that we see in hindsight? But God does not give us hindsight to go back, He gives us the hindsight that we can go forward well. And we, it, we never, ever it, regret. I'm not saying you're living in regret, but I want to say this for those who are. Regret is a tool of the devil. We don't regret. We give thanks for the insight we now have, for the hindsight we now have. Now we can go forward and let God use it for good. Never live in regret ever because it's a tool of the devil it gets us depressed and down it it zaps us of energy for god
2: yeah well that's something that i do i I do the devil attacks me that way all the time
1: when he does i think
2: he attacks
1: a lot of people john when he attacks you that way know that know that that's not god's assessment of you that is from the devil because god does not give us regret he gives us godly sorrow for us to repent and change but not regret lives in the past that's the devil and it when i sense anything being from the devil i say get thee behind me satan i'm not interested in giving you any credit and just move on forget it
2: yeah yeah well, yeah i i i do sister i mean mother and Thank you very much, and it's why I listen to you. It's why I listen to people like you.
1: Well, that's, that's what Steve said. We have: to That what Steve said, we have to stick together. Uh, the remnant, we're becoming smaller and smaller, and we need to stick together and encourage one another. Okay, dear John. Yeah, God I've bless been, you.
2: Uh, I, people, I, people I talk to lately I've been saying, well, you know, I, go, I agree with Mother Miriam. The time is short. Yep. repent. That's it. your sin. Yeah. God bless you, brother. God
1: bless you, dear one. God bless you. Okay. Bye. We have an email from Donna who says, I have a friend who is very strong in his Jewish heritage and loves God and the state of Israel. He celebrates all the Jewish holidays. He does not attend temple. Then he's not very strong. He might be a cultural Jew, but he doesn't attend temple. He's not very strong. His Catholic wife converted to Judaism, and now his twenty-seven-year-old daughter just engaged to a got, just got engaged to a Catholic young man who will be converting to Judaism. Okay, so now his Catholic wife converted to Judaism. She was not Catholic; she was Catholic in name, because if you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, how do you go back? And you, you're not Catholic unless you believe that. God came to earth, died for our sins, rose from the dead, established his church. That's what it means to be Catholic. And it's the only way to heaven. And how you give all that up and go back to Judaism, who, who does not recognize Christ at all, who does not understand the triune nature of God and all of that. So, no, she... If she was Catholic and converted to Judaism, she was not Catholic. She was Catholic in name and culture. Um, Now his 27-year-old daughter just got engaged to a Catholic young man who will be converted to Judaism. Well, that Catholic young man is not Catholic either. So when Catholics convert to anything, they're not Catholic. And someone could say, and someone has said, I had a... A long, long letter from a gentleman, very wonderful-spirited gentleman, very polite, very respectful, and said, I I have to respectfully disagree with you. I was in the Catholic Church all my life. I was an altar servant for 12 years, and this or that. Now I'm an evangelical Protestant, and now I know Jesus for the first time, and all of that. I understand what he's saying. But I said to him, I understand. I'm glad you have come into that relationship with Christ. But I said, don't stop there because if you come into a deep relationship, you'll be Catholic again, Uh, because he gave us his body and blood. And he insisted that he was Catholic. I said, you know, you weren't. Nobody who is Catholic, who truly knows that the Eucharist is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Christ, our Lord come to earth in the appearance of food. Nobody who knows that would leave. Can you see his disciples leaving Jesus? They didn't know he was God. They weren't sure. He said, "You're going to leave me too." He said, "Well, not kind of, not sure really who you are, Lord. But uh, we think you're from God. But we don't, we don't know. But you know, where else are going to go? You have the words of eternal life. They weren't sure. They didn't know he was God. Thou art uh, the Christ, the Son of the Living God," Peter said. But Jesus said, "Flesh and blood didn't tell that to you. But my Father, who is in heaven, God gave." Peter, those words. Uh, Peter denied him. Uh, No, he didn't know. To really know that he's God, can you imagine that the disciples filled with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, and now they were filled with the Spirit, now they understood, now they could do miracles, now they were commissioned by him to go into all the world and spread the gospel? all of that, live their vocation as Jews to be a light to the Gentiles. They could do all of that. And Jesus comes and appears to them and and they'll say, uh, you know, thanks, Lord. It, this has been a nice little, um, you know, few years for us, but we think we're going to go with that, um, you know, that, that fellow, that Buddhist over there. We, we want to go there. They're a little more loving, and uh, but thanks, Jesus. I mean, can you imagine such an insane thing? There is no one who knows what it is to be Catholic and truly believes, not just the cultural upbringing, who leaves a Catholic church. No one. I'm no. You can fight me on that. You're not fighting me. You're fighting reality. And this gentleman says, these conversations are denying Jesus. Of course they are. And I'm afraid for the salvation of their souls, which you should be. I'm at a loss as to what, if anything, I can say. Do you have any recommendations on any follow-up conversations I may have with them? Thank you in advance for your suggestions. Of course I have suggestions. Tell them the truth. Nothing's going to convert anybody but the truth. The Holy Spirit has nothing to work with on their hearts but the truth. If you say to your Jewish strong friend... Um, that, uh, oh, there's just so much here. We have a minute left to the program. Um, Say to him, if you understood the Jewish holidays, you would be Catholic, because every single one of them points to their fulfillment in Christ, who said, I did not come to abolish but to fulfill the law. What you might do, Donna is get two books and read them yourself, and then you'll be able to help these people um, to know that there's nothing, uh, no more Jewish a Jew could be than to be Catholic. It's the fulfillment of every one of God's promises to Abraham and the whole law. Um, get Salvation is from the Jews, that book by Roy Shoman, Salvation is from the Jews. It's the history of, of uh, salvation history from Abraham right through to the second coming of our Lord and then get the second book is edited by Roy Shulman called Honey from the Rock the story of 16 Jews who became Catholic because they didn't believe it was the rejection of Judaism but indeed its fulfillment I would Donna get those books and read them and give them to these people and help them to know who they are that's what I would do at the moment I don't know their accountability for their ignorance, but they need to know. And you know the truth. You must not withhold it from them. Okay, there's our music, beloved. Um, we'll be with you tomorrow. I'm thrilled to be with you every day. I look forward to our time together. And again, put any questions together. You can always write or call in anonymously, not to worry about that. So um, God bless you, and we'll speak with you tomorrow.